If you've always wondered how successful organizations reinvent their people and work strategy, then you've come to the right podcast. I'm Esther Martinez, CEO and Editor-in-Chief at People Matters. Join me as I talk to some of the biggest names in HR and business in the Asia-Pacific region, here on People Matters Unplugged. and we're back with season two of People Matters Unplugged. Uh, this podcast has been bringing to you the freshest perspectives from the world of people and work. In season one, we had a great, fantastic star having fresh eyes. And now we're going to be focusing on culture. And that's going to be the focus for season two. Our guest for this particular episode has been more than two decades uh, in the HR community, and she has been part of large transformations and growth uh, in business. We're going to be talking today with Priyanka Anand, Vice President and Head of HR at Ericsson for Southeast Asia, Oceania, and India. Hi, Priyanka. Very warm welcome to People Matters Unplugged. Thank you so much, Esther. Delighted to be here. Thank you so much, Priyanka. And as we always start, we'd love to know how you're feeling today. I feel great. I think it's yet another day of creating different avenues of opportunities for ourselves and our people. So I'm excited to have what, you know, what the future holds for us today in our discussion, as well as what I can really bring as value to the role that I'm doing. So, yeah, I'm an excited person to talk to you today. Well, that's great. So now that we know that you're passionate about creating cultures of excellence, innovation and collaboration, uh, tell us a little bit more, and I'm going to just get started with the first question. Tell us a little bit more about what are some of the core competencies, um, including talent management, organizational development, employee engagement, strategic leadership. Tell us what inspired you to get actually into HR. It rolls me back into the history almost for two and a half decades that I've been in HR. And when I started, I definitely had lots of options to, to consider Esther, right? It clearly became a difficult choice to make because both technology intrigued me as well as the people dimension. I was very curious about all the time, human relations, human mindset, human behaviors. I've always been intrigued to see how these relationships and, and aspect comes into play to bring the best outcome for the society, for an economy, for a company. And hence I decided to make HR the mainstream of my my personal and professional ambition. Now with two and a half decades of HR experience, I think I've been fortunate uh, to be part of very many unique roles. Uh, and I can dare to call them as greenfield projects or greenfield roles in the area of HR. Um, in some ways I was fortunate to get roles that were either never done before and, or nobody had uh, e either thought about how to do it so it clearly became a role where you see the North Star and then figure your own way on how to make it successful. Um, and for me, I've had roles where I grew the organization to a massive scale from a 1,000 to almost like of 20,000 employees, right? To a setup which was bringing competencies across technology, finance, um, IT, ICT, and so on and so forth, as well as, uh, you know, this entire strategy piece also. So building that 
a large KPO kind of a setup or global delivery setup for Ericsson at the enterprise level was one of the roles. And there have been many other roles that I've tried to do, which are greenfield, like I said, setting up operations for a global organization in India, uh, again, being part of the seed team and growing it from zero to almost 2000. And likewise, driving HR digital transformation for the HR organization within Ericsson was the next role that I did. And here it was really about leveraging a new technology, sitting on top of new processes, and then getting a new set of people across the world, right? Across almost all the continents to, to bring this entire digital transformation to life was has been the role that I've done. And I've also drive, driven a lot of cultural transformation, right? So I think all in all, my roles have been diverse, challenging, unique, as well as exciting. And I just feel the sheer learning of people, behaviors, business value, and the outcomes you can deliver to the business has been a gist of my journey in HR in the last two and a half decades. Great. Thank you so much, uh, Priyanka, for that. And you have been instrumental in scaling up talent management at Ericsson. And, and now you, when you think about the leadership culture at Ericsson in particular, what was it about the leadership culture that motivated you to join Ericsson in the first place? And also that keeps you motivated to do the job every day? There was clear vision about working towards a North Star. And then instead of focusing on what couldn't be done to what how we can do it, was a clear mindset that we embraced, right? Because at the end, when you create journeys and milestones that are unthinkable, then you have to be unstoppable in many, many ways, right? So to me, it was really about believing in the North Star and believing in myself uh, to build the right team, believing in the leadership team that I'm working with, who has the right level of support and investments and appetite to, to bring to the table that's needed to turn around such a humongous task uh, was a clear enabling requirement, right? So the way I see it, once I started on this journey, the first step was to build the right level of trust and empowerment with the leadership team who was envisioning the similar dream along with me. Then building a team which would really believe in going through because journeys like these take the best out of you and it could be stressful and exhaustive at some stage to go through right unless you're passionate about what you're doing so in this case i built a team fit for purpose and full of passion to be able to drive this journey because it's not an easy job to hire thousand people in a month right to get to this milestone of twenty thousand in three years and doing that especially when you are as a company, just a dot on the competitive landscape. So not a very known brand in the IT, ICT space and doing it at a pace that Ericsson had never done before in India, right? Because we were not even thousand people together over the more than hundred years of our existence in India and doing that in a month was unprecedented. But like I said, it, it all happened because people believed in the dream. And when you believe in dreams, you, you, you kind of put all the challenges aside and work towards making it, it happen. And that's what we did. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, and so many ideas are, are floating as I hear you about uh, HR leadership in particular. So one question that we love to ask our guests uh, is how do you operationalize a program that revolves around something as abstract as culture? And, and based on your own philosophy on talent management, what are the different unique strategies for developing talent and what values do you stand 
by uh, that are unique to Priyanka's? So many questions in one. That's an interesting question. So to me, I think I will answer this question into two parts. Eh? The talent philosophies that we have at Ericsson and the values that we clearly talk about. Um, and then, you know, how is that unique to me? But over the years, what's quite clear is the values that Ericsson stands for are also synonymous to the values that I personally believe in. And that convergence clearly has made a huge difference in the way um, the journey has evolved for me, right? But let me start with the Ericsson uh, philosophy and the talent management approach first, right? At the top note, what I would say is Ericsson is quite clear about keeping the people at the heart of whatever we do, right? They are the epicenter and everything else evolves and revolves around it. That's that's something which we have been by very clearly uh, focusing on and driving um, in, a, in a many, many tangible manner. Um, but coming back to how do we bring it to life? So we have a very clearly called out narrative that we call as a people's story. And to me, that makes a huge difference. And the people's story in our parlance is a bit of our contract or an agreement with our people. They will make it quite clear that we will, we will have a win-win narrative to offer to our people, where we do everything possible towards investing in their careers, their journey, enabling them to bring their full self to work, and fulfilling their career ambitions. So we don't just look at career paths, we look at career portfolios and invest in our people, right? Both in, in their personal ambitions as well as their professional ambitions. But at the same time, what we make it quite clear to our people also is that we expect our people to stand tall to what we are committing towards our customers, towards the society, towards our shareholders, right? So at every given point in time, people will do the best they can to make sure that Ericsson stays successful, relevant, and on the top of the charts during this entire journey. So that's a bit about how we call our people's story. And we deeply invest in our values and culture. And our values clearly stand out for professionalism, perseverance, respect, and integrity. And both personally for me and as an organization, these are behaviors that we want people to imbibe and live with every single day, right? Because that's where it makes a difference. You don't have to bring these values on the charts, on the back of the mind. It's in the forefront, guiding us and leading us in our everyday to day interaction with everybody that we deal with internally or externally. And we continue to encourage and reward our employees to leave these, live these values. And they're quite personal to me as well, right? because at the end, you can have many professional journeys, but you only cherish them when these values are also coming along uh, the way when you're starting to deal with with your employees, right? And with people around you internally and externally. Um, and then I would say like the whole talent philosophy also is that we are very committed to make sure that our employees find and achieve their great in a manner that suits their individual needs, right? So it's not about what the Ericsson needs. It's also about what are their individual needs. So as an organization, we aspire to inspire all our employees to understand their potential and to discover the pathway. And to achieve this, I think, what are real tangible things that I can mention right now? There are many, but just to cover some of them, uh, it's really about career and competence model, uh, which ensures that every one of our employees can visualize how their career can progress in a very consistent and a clear way. So these 
career competence conversations clearly bring about tangible ways of people making progress towards their aspired goals in their career journeys. And at the same time, we've always also invested in a career hub, which is a one-stop shop, right? It's, it's a bit like creating a platform where we empower our employees with resources that they can use to design their own future career pathways, career journeys, and leverage these resources to have conversations with their leaders and managers to secure the support that they need to be able to get a successful outcome of those conversations. And last, I would say our entire talent management approach leans heavily on a learning culture. And when I say a learning culture, it clearly aims to ensure that our employees are provided um, with a targeted learning opportunity, right? And this could be in forms of uh, different curated paths for campus graduates or for women in the middle uh, rung of their leadership journeys, or they're people who are trying to pivot from career uh, A to career B, so, or they're people who are wanting to go from an individual track to a leadership track. So multiple reasons on why people want to pivot from a point A to a point B, and we create that, that mindset. But I will just wrap up this, uh, this question by saying, our mindset clearly calls out the fact that our employees are clearly empowered to treat themselves as the CEO of their career. It's for them to decide what they want to do, how they want to do, when they want to do. And we create a huge amount of enabling ecosystem where they can draw resources from the competence hubs, which is we call as an online learning platform to, to secure learning opportunities, both for their current roles and for the future roles. And at the same time, also have those conversations with their managers and their leaders, and also to with the HR organization, right? So what we tell our employees is you are the CEO of your career. You decide what you want to do and how you want to go about doing it. And we will start to, in, to have those conversations with you at every given point in time when you are ready and continue to invest in our, in our enabling ecosystem to support that. And that to me is our overall talent management approach and the values, like you said, which the organization clearly holds very dear to our DNA. And they're quite synonymous to the values that I personally also value the most. Wow, thank you. That's such a great concept. Uh, thank you for sharing, Priyanka. And, and thinking, taking charge in being the CEO of your own career, as you mentioned, how, how do you make sure you're investing in a, in a learning culture at Ericsson? And how do you transition that into becoming a culture of innovation, creativity, within different teams? It's quite clear that, you know, creativity, culture of innovation, and having a risk-taking appetite is, is a key part of our culture, right? It's, it's a key part of our DNA uh, in many, many ways. Because what's important for, you know, and I would start by saying that the essential part of creativity is not being afraid to fail and keep learning on the go. And that's a mantra that we live by every single day. So to us, we believe it's quite important to encourage our people to share their ideas, bring their suggestions openly, and without fear of judgment or fear of failure. And once we have that culture, innovations happen everywhere in every single nook and corner, right? So to me, I think as an organization, it's quite clear that having an open communication approach is critical to fostering a culture of innovation and creativity. And to encourage this, 
if I talk about myself, I encourage regular interactions with diverse set of groups and teams within my own unit and within uh, our entire region as well. Um, and that's how we kind of keep that innovative, innovative streak on. And everyone has an opportunity at every given point in time to contribute, share their ideas, and have their opinions uh, being considered for whatever you know uh, they are, whether it's with the flow or it's up, uh, against the flow. In fact, I think as a leader, I'm always quite appreciative of people who reach out to me anytime to share any idea that we have. And I see that as, as a behavior that most of the leaders in Ericsson also embrace. And hence, you see us creating a culture of openness and inclusivity where everyone's ideas are valued and heard and creativity comes to its best, right? With over 60,000 patents to our credit as a company, it's quite evident that innovation is synonymous to Ericsson, right? And creativity is what is valued the most. And people feel empowered and also feel safe to be able to practice and exercise creativity to its core. And it's okay to fail fast and learn fast, but there is no need for people to be um, concerned about failing when they are learning and experimenting new things. In fact, that's valued more than maintaining status quo. So that's uh, that's how we're driving this culture of innovation and creativity. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks, Priyanka, for sharing that. And you've spoken about skilling, uh, upskilling, reskilling, driving a culture of innovation, creativity. In, in the everyday work of HR and talent management, how do you measure the success and impact of those programs? Lots of time, people have this perception about HR having done lots of things, but it's difficult to measure because it's so qualitative and less quantitative. But I'm a firm believer that what cannot be measured cannot be managed, right? So it's quite clear that our initiatives, our strategies, our metrics have to be both measurable quantitatively as well as qualitatively, right? And to me, for Ericsson, there are multiple facets of our, our performance that we measure, and we create ambitious targets for ourselves to keep moving upwards uh, with every passing um, milestone, right? So at Ericsson, some of the measurables that we have been looking into as employee feedback. So we have our biannual employee engagement survey uh, where we get to all our 100,000 employees to understand what is their feedback around various aspects of, of uh, their engagement with the organization. And then when we get the feedback, we clearly look at have we been making progress in those critical areas where people should have experienced the higher outcomes, right? So then we look at the action planning in a way that areas that are strong, we continue to make them stronger, but the ones that are weak and employees feel we have to do a better job, then we do a bit of a round table to understand their feedback, their perspective, and create solutions that helps us move from uh, where we are to a better spot in terms of the feedback we've received to improve their employee experience around those areas. So that's one. Then we also kind of measure our, so another big aspect is diversity and inclusivity. And we will look at our women uh, diversity in the organization. And we look at how we are doing vis-a-vis -vis the targets of uh, the pie of the women in the overall workforce. And likewise, we also look at how do we just not focus on, on buying talent, but also build talent. So we have uh, a target to look at how many graduates are we getting from the universities. And, and of that, how many are diversity candidates, even when we get to the university. 
and we're also looking at initiatives to be able to build uh, women leaders in the in the middle uh, tier and then we're also focusing on measuring our effectiveness of giving our employees internal movement opportunities so that they are they're not the ones left behind when new positions and opportunities come up so people do have an opportunity to pivot into different roles both horizontally and vertically depending on their aspirations and we track our our performance around those as well so for example 43 percent of our employees have been given different roles internally when we open the positions for for recruitment which is a big number we also encourage our people to move across geographies like i said we also encourage our people to move into different roles into different track and then I think what's also important is that we look at um, how are we elevating our people to pick up different challenging uh, and more complex roles. Um, and then I would also say very important for us is looking at learning and development of our people, right? It's critical, especially in a fast pace and a dynamic tech industry where technology gets uh, dis disrupts us and gets disrupted every now and then. So we continue to look at our competence uh, matrices on how we are investing in our people. And to us, zero learning is zero tolerance. So people have to keep learning and competence development on in the mainstream, but not something you do on the side. It's not a good to have, it's a must have. And we track our matrices around how employees are investing and we are investing towards their learning development. And like I said, uh, making them future ready, not just investing in here and now needs, but also how do we invest in them to be future ready to pivot into uh, more complex or diverse roles. Great. Thank you so much, Priyanka. And, and that, that leads us to the last question. What will be your advice for HR professionals who aspire to leave a lasting uh, impact in their profession? I can only share how I have approached my overall career trajectory and my personal uh, learnings from that. And I will always say that one thing that's, that's kept me going is always stay curious and challenge yourself. It's very important that you never underestimate the impact one can make. And I have been very committed to this mindset that I'm happy to take up challenges, unique opportunities, unique role. And I always feel with the best intent and best foot forward, you can successfully deliver to any of those challenging opportunities. And, and that's been a bit of my, my learning, right? And the other thing I would say is when you pick up unique roles, challenging roles, it's, it's very important to have an open mindset, which clearly means be a part of the solution. Otherwise, you're part of the problem. And to be part of the solution is extremely important because when people dream big, they need people along with them who can challenge status quo, break the myths, and always believe there's a way to get things done versus believing there will be problems and why things cannot be done. So to me, being part of a solution enables an individual to enter the inner circle of influence. And that exists in every company, right? In every role, every profession. Because when you have that mindset, you end up making a big impact. And that's how you get into different trajectories of your career progression. And to me, this is where this open mindset, looking at every, every situation as an opportunity and pivoting into areas where you, you feel that you, you can add value and always believe in your potential versus proven competence will really make uh, take HR to a next level. And the last thing I would say is always embrace disruptions, even in HR, right? For example, technology is the biggest opportunity today. 
how can we leverage technology in ways that we can make employee journeys more unique, more experiential, more superlative is extremely important. And leveraging technology with an open mindset would really mean then we are creating bandwidth and time for, for our HR teams to, to have interactions with stakeholders and people in a much more meaningful way versus getting sucked into tactical transactional deliverables, right? So all in all, remember that people is, is the most important aspect of any equation that an organization needs to invest in today. And as HR, we are the ones that are making that part of the equation stronger. So the contribution that HR makes is invaluable. And the way we embrace the next uh, evolution of HR will really make an organization make or break, right? So it will only make it successful when people continue to remain a unique differentiator for any organization. Thank you so much, Priyanka, for being with us today at People Matters Unplugged. And you've heard Priyanka Anand, Vice President and Head of HR at Ericsson, Southeast Asia, Oceania, and India. Did you enjoy today's episode of People Matters Unplugged? Don't forget to subscribe to our Unplugged series on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Wherever you are in your HR leadership journey, People Matters is here to empower you to become the answer.